This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What the hell happened to you? (laughs) Let's let's do a podcast. (laughs) Okay. All right, but if we're gonna do oh. a podcast, you gotta do it in that entire. You gotta do the entire thing in that voice. Then I mean, well, I like Star Wars. <laughs> God, fuck me, Ugh. I can't do it. I can't commit. You can't commit. You're not. I gonna, don't have. Okay. I don't have Daniel Day Lewis level. Uh, like fucking commit to the whatever <laughs> in me. You know, he's never not a Lincoln. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's never not Abe Lincoln. That's funny. <laughs> oh my god. Well, since I, since I got you here, do you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about some more Star Wars DNA stuff? Yeah. We talked about we talked about doing Star Trek the motion picture. Yes. Under the auspice that it was hurtled to the screens with the help of Star Wars. Yeah. Thus giving it somehow some some way star wars dna right it's good well and it so i did i did just a tiny bit of reading about that too yeah yeah and it's yeah. got it's almost like it's got like dna plus reverse dna a little bit to it, it yeah it's a little right? yeah exactly because it has the and you probably you probably knew this already but like yeah. what from what i saw was that like it took both star wars and close encounters yeah to get star trek over the line of like yeah we'll do this right, right. because they wanted to know that sci-fi that was not star wars could work right because i think everyone knew that this is like not star wars (laughs) (laughs) right 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 (laughs) yeah well i mean i think it's important to remember that star wars isn't really sci-fi and star trek is sci-fi i mean like if like there's certainly there's a boundary somewhere yeah and star wars is on one side of it (laughs) star trek is on another side of it there's a line yeah absolutely i mean so so Star Wars is more of like a space fantasy and Star Trek is more of a star, a, a star, like a science fiction. Right. And, but, to, but to the layman, no offense to the lay people. Right. I mean, I'm they most of the time around, I'm a right? lay person. Right. So we're all, we're all lay people in one way or another, but <laughs> to the, to the space lay person, it, it takes place in space and therefore it's similar. Right. Right. So, so I guess that's what, and I'm I'm picturing the Paramount suits as right, space yeah. lay people, right? Yeah, they don't give two shits that Star Trek is more cerebral and Star Wars is more mythological. Yeah, they care that they can make money off of this, and that's it. And that's really yeah, what it comes that's, down that's, to. That's right? that's it's what it comes down to, and it's like I think even too like. I don't know to what degree things are shared, but it's, it, it also bears some thought or whatever that like, even if, even if star Wars and star Trek, like if you examine them in their storytelling mode, they're not the same thing. No. Right. No. Yeah. But if you examine them in terms of cultural milieu and also in terms of just technology not not in terms of the technology of their own universes but the technology of our universe in terms of making the films yeah 
you've got some things that are that are shared and in common and probably people that worked on both of them right i don't know who but there are almost surely technical people of some nature who worked on both of these movies you yeah. know what i mean like there was tons of model making mm-hmm. tons of visual effects that were like like really old-timey computers and really old-timey looking you know space graphical things right yeah yeah i mean it even so much so that I think, really think, that the later Star Trek films, these rebooted Star Trek films, the J.J. Abrams films, I believe those films had special effects help from ILM, which is right. a division of Lucasfilm, which, right. you know, so there, there is that, that level of cannibalism, I guess. Yeah, and it, it like, to, to, like, to me, that's part of the DNA, because... yeah. It's like, it's like, we could sit here and like haggle all night about where the line is for sci-fi and where the line is for fantasy. Right. But in reality, like, it's kind of like you said, on either side of the, on either side of the equation, Mm -hmm. either of these two films, there are people counting beans with whatever the, with whatever the seventies had for spreadsheets (laughs) and saying, can we make a profit from doing this thing? Right. And like, it's got, it's got space and starships and explosions and mm-hmm. aliens, mm-hmm. right. In totally different ways inside their own thing. Right. But in the, in, in the world of humanity of earth, as we know it, whether it's simulation or not, I don't know, but <laughs> earth, as we know it, like those all fit those, all those things different as they are themselves still fit under the sort of economic banner of we can throw these things on some film and make some money. Right. And to many people, they will bear us a, a resemblance. Right. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and we will use that resemblance, right? Like yeah. surely, even, even if they wanted, even if they didn't want to do Star Trek just because of Star Wars, they wanted to prove that you could do sci-fi that was like slightly different. It's, mm-hmm. You still have to believe that Star Wars, the film, set the table in some way for Star Trek, the film, right? Yeah, absolutely. Without Star Wars, the film, you wouldn't have to go look at Close Encounters and be like, can I do this kind of sci-fi? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, in fact, I think I think it's worth noting that this was, they pitched this as a film in like the mid-70s, before Star, Tra- Star Wars was a before, thing. Yeah. Before Star Wars was a thing, they pitched it as a movie, and Paramount balked on it and, and said, no, 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 we'll put it back on TV before we put it in a movie theater, which... I'll, sh- I'll show it on a screen in my backyard before I put it in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think is an interesting, I mean, that's an interesting flip to nowadays. They'll put just about anything in a movie theater, and they're pretty selective about what they'll put on premium television Do you know what i mean I mean, premium television has a different now now premium television is where like you there's it feels like there's a higher bar to that yeah i don't i don't know if that's whether that's true or not because i don't know what the i don't know what the comparison is in terms of volume yeah. right it but seems like it, it feels like it's a higher bar right yeah. yep yeah. not netflix but you know other stuff like i don't <laughs> Like Netflix, Netflix would make a movie about my asshole if I if I gave them a story. They would give me money to do it. They'd be like, well, "Yeah, sure." Tell, I think tell us the, the story about end that. of near the end of this movie, they got a start on it, right? They did, didn't they? Right? Yeah. Paramount, to... Paramount had a, had a <laughs> yeah 
There was so an Paramount, asshole in Paramount's, the movie. Paramount's got a Paramount's got a space butthole all ready to go for you. <laughs> they're like, they're like, That's they're true. like, they're like, look, we can make a movie about your butthole, but <laughs> your butthole has to resemble Viger's butthole. Viger's butthole must in be, this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a you've got a reference Viger's butthole. I want an homage to Viger's butthole. We with we, your got butthole. A, we got a bunch of film we didn't use for the Star Trek picture <laughs> that we can totally put together for you. That'll that'll get you under a budget that we need. So right, like do a spec script about your butthole. Yeah, we we'll use some Viger B roll and yep. we got it. Viger B roll B B hole roll right. B hole B hole B roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that there's a there's there's a candidate for title of this episode right there. Yeah, right. Feature right? behold b-roll. <laughs> behold b-roll. Oh my god. So okay, so you want to hear some connections? We're, we're gonna talk yeah. about I like to talk about yeah. connections and a couple of things connecting Star Wars to this movie. Yeah. First of all, Ralph McQuarrie, the 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 concept artist Ralph McQuarrie, who's famous for what he's done on Star Wars, was uh, hired fresh off of that movie, off of the original Star Wars, uh, which hadn't been released at that point, to do the designs for like planets and bases and stuff like that right. for this movie. So Ralph McQuarrie worked on this. I mean, there shit there like that. That right there is enough. Because because of the influence <laughs> Ralph McQuarrie has, right? Yeah, that right there is enough to to be like, don't you guys see? Like, obviously, there's DNA going on here. Yeah. Then we also have Alan Dean Foster, who wrote the script for this movie, mm-hmm. and Alan Dean Foster is the ghostwriter for the original Star Wars novel. Oh, geez. And he's the writer of Splinter the Mind's Eye which is the follow-up novel before they knew they were going to make empire strikes back splinter was going to be the the sequel to star wars so there's an obvious connection there which was in rounders with matt damon who was in i'm trying to do six degrees of kevin bacon here with Ralph oh. Corey, or with alan dean foster who was oh, in no, okay. i'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I, I didn't have it i started I, <laughs> I started talking expecting my mouth to catch up to my brain but my brain wasn't ahead to begin with so it brain was didn't work. yeah far beyond far beyond okay all right <laughs> my brain was behind my mouth in that one good job good job paul way to go way good to time. go at one point they they reconceived the story with spock as the captain and mm-hmm. an actor named toshiro mifune as spock's klingon nemesis now that gentleman heard that name yeah he's a japanese actor who was one of Akira Kurosawa's go-to people. Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress being movies that influenced Star Wars, right? Right. So not not something that made it to the flick, but an interesting little connection there. It's a connection there, right? Yeah. So there's just these, there are these tendrils that connect these two, more than just the whole that Paramount was willing to, you know, yeah yeah i mean it just seems like and maybe that's just the maybe that's just the times that they were living in right alan dean foster being the writer right that people were looking for he did the alien he did a lot of like adaptations of scripts of movies you know like alien and aliens alien three wait okay so maybe he just did those but 
I think he also did. I think he also did. Well, he did Star Wars, the original Star Wars, and a couple of. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did others. He was he was famous for it. But, I had a few. I had yeah. a few novelizations when I was a kid too. So yeah. who knows? I might have read some stuff too. Were Were you a Were you like a fan of novelizations? I just got a hold of them through the school book club. Ah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they would give you like a deal on like. So my folks would let me get like two books a year from that thing or whatever, you know? Sure. If they weren't in the school library. Yeah. And it was like, I got, I had like Gremlins 2 and Back to the Future 3 and a couple other like film adaptation things that are like, a, they're a little bit later than these films, right? Yeah. But by a decade or so, but so it's <laughs> it's probably not, but it was something that, you know, you know I did that. I, I did that. I did the same thing. I had the same deal going on. I got, I think I remember... That pretty sure that's where I got my Return of the Jedi novelization that I uh, transcribed all those years ago. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm the, not 100% one, sure, but pretty sure. You know, the one that was done on the on the ground of the playground. Right. Transcribed into a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, into a bunch of notebooks that <laughs> yeah. are gone at this point. I don't know what the hell happened to them, but they're gone. So okay, so do we want to talk about like let's let's film itself or let's talk through let's talk through the film itself because there are okay there are things that are just generally interesting about that film, but also there are some other things that still reach out into Star Wars ish yeah concepts too right yeah definitely okay definitely all right so the movie opens up with with a space station Epsilon Nine and it's uh, it's monitoring a an area of space I don't know they don't really this is a period of time where they didn't like have alpha quadrant delta quadrant any of that stuff really i mean this was um, this was unformed ideas right yeah this was this was like in, in it seemed like I, as I, I was taking note of that it seemed like in star trek lore the 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 backstory was not nearly as fleshed out as we had it later on in other series and things right yeah so yep. so there was that and i think by the way i think it, am i wrong or was the opening shot the three klingon warbirds or mm -hmm. birds of prey yeah and so i that to even even that having your opening shot be on starships yeah is something of a borrow not maybe not borrowed but it's a, it's a it's a shared thing right between star wars and that's a good point yeah whatever right because yeah, the opening shot really of the new hope is like tentative four and star destroyer and then tatooine below them right so yeah is it me or is every does every I think all three of the original trilogy movies open with the bad guys, right? I think so. Because the second in Empire, it's the probe droids, and in Jedi, it's yeah. In Jedi, it's so. the it's the it's the shuttle coming out of the 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 one the Star Destroyer heading to the new star the new Death Star. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Good catch. Yeah, because plus at this point too in in the start in Star Trekiverse. The Klingons are the bad guys. In other words, they're or at least they're right. not allied with the Federation at that point. Right. right. This is, yeah. This is before the Kinner Accords and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So we spend a little bit of time watching these Klingons die to a yeah. space cloud, right? A space cloud. Nobody knows what the hell a it space is. Space cloud. <laughs> yeah. And then you cut to oh, by the way, by yeah. the way. Uh, <laughs> the, the two things about the Klingons in that sequence, yeah, like did they have to like be up the butthole of the space cloud to scan it? I don't know. Like, they were they were like let's let's fly right up and touch it and then we can scan it. Yeah. Okay, right. That's one thing. And the other thing is, 
without any information. They just shoot at the fucking thing. <laughs> That's Klingons right? for you. Did you, That's Klingons did, you, for you. did you notice? I mean, that was like, yeah. there was like, it's a cloud and we don't know what it is. I know. Fire, fire <laughs> torpedoes, right? Like, yeah. shoot it. Nobody cares what it is, dude. Just bomb that fucking just, thing. Just shoot the fucking thing. Let's let us dominate it, right? We will we will fire our our photon torpedoes at it and claim it as our own. Yeah, because the Klingon Empire is all warlike anyway, right? They don't yeah. give a shit about Thank you shit. diplomacy. They're just going to do whatever no. they're going to do. So they get zapped by the cloud and they disappear, right? Don't they disappear? They get they get completely like obliterated. Yeah, like, they don't get blown up. They get like evaporated slash erased right from space entirely. and that's what happens to epsilon nine too right yeah 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 which we find out later of course is feature's way of simultaneously destroying and scanning a thing right? right right because so there's some there's some like data cloud copy of the klingon folks right <laughs> inside v'ger at that point but all we know as the viewer is that like holy crap it didn't even blow up it just it just erased it from fucking space right right, right. yeah no explosions or anything so while these ships are getting disassembled and like burnt into atoms mm-hmm. the enterprise is getting refit right yeah i mean yeah you've got this 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 destruction and the enterprise is being reborn basically yeah right yeah and we get these long and like luxurious like shots these like the whole time i'm watching this movie i'm thinking of 2001 a space odyssey more than I'm thinking of Star Wars. And it's these these leisurely shots of they linger on everything, right? Like was 2001 pre this or post this? Pre. It was uh, pre. 68. 68. Oh, yeah. it was well before this. Okay. Well before that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that so 2001 established kind of a like for some things, you know, you can you do that lingering thing because I, I didn't even know what to write down about that. I all I did was experience it as like holy cow we are just we're just watching space for like minutes upon minutes upon minutes of the film yeah yeah like i even i even wondered too as as we went through and did various things between between that first like sweep all the way around the the refitted enterprise and then later on when the enterprise flies over the core of viger yeah right but i was yeah. like okay if we if you take those things out is this like just an episode of star trek then Basically, like, it I, is, yeah. <laughs> it, between that and then a couple, there were a couple of other sequences, I think, too, that had that were like, this is taking longer than maybe it should. <laughs> unless, um, I mean, unless your goal as a filmmaker is to do something else, right? Yeah. Which surely it is, but like, still, it was to to modernize. I was like, holy cow, what this is this is kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, it definitely had a, it had this art house feel to it. Yeah. Like I said, it, it just made me think of 2001, but you know, we're going around the enterprise and it's not just, you know, Scotty's bringing Kirk to the enterprise basically to reassume command. And it's not just, it's not just bringing him to the enterprise. He brings him to the enterprise. He like flies it or flies him around it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like caressing a long lost lover right yeah it's almost yeah. how it feels there's a sensuality to there's there's that moment and so as i thought about that i, I here's what i wrote down yeah star trek and it was and it was i mean this film has more of it than the others i think but mm-hmm. still star trek certainly worships the starships more than star wars does. yeah right? yeah yep like 
as much as Star Wars does have iconic things like mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon, X-Wing, mm-hmm. Death Star, you know, Executors, Star Destroyer, that kind of stuff. Right. From the standpoint of like making sweet, sweet film love to a <laughs> ship, it doesn't compare to the Enterprise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't compare. The we, Enterprise, yeah. the Enterprise is way more of a character mm-hmm. than any ship in Star Wars. I think that's why by the time they destroy it in, in Star Trek three, you really feel that loss, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's yeah. nobody on there to die except for the bad guys. And you feel that loss. Like they're like nerds all over the world just had the, like the rug pulled out from underneath them when the Enterprise cried out died, and were suddenly right? silenced. Yeah. Yeah. Cried out and were suddenly <laughs> silenced. So, yeah, so so after Scotty's done with his reunion tour for Kirk, they go on the ship and they talk to the current captain, Decker, who's played by yeah. Stephen Collins, which, do you know anything about Stephen Collins? I recognize him, but I don't know anything about him. Okay, he was on the show Seventh Heaven, which my colleague roommate watched He's the lot. Seventh Heaven guy. He's, yeah. the, he's the pastor from Seventh Heaven, and he's also a sex offender oh yeah so let me let me ruin your childhoods here he Uh, he was recorded by his former wife now ex-wife who actually played juliet on v the wife i can't remember her name now but she recorded him in a therapy session confessing to having had sexual relations with girls that were younger than 14 and yeah, and he confessed to it later when it came out that she released it to the media and then, it, then he then he said, okay, yeah, I, I did that. So he's effectively out of show business now. So that, I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is the first I've seen this movie since that, that came that out. That stuff, was in 2015, right. I think is when that came out or 2014 or something like that. And this is the first time I've seen that since then. And I was wondering how I'd feel about it. And it, it, I tried to ignore it, but you definitely, you definitely, when you know that and you're watching this, you can definitely think, oh, that's, that's that guy. That's that guy who did yeah. that stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. great. But to, okay. So not to, I don't want to, I don't want to mire our, our show in that because that's, you know, that's gross and he's, you know, paying, well, hopefully paying and a price for it. Not but, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And not awesome and not related really to Star Trek yeah. uh, or Star Wars, but something that is related to star trek is that his tv wife on seventh heaven also was in star trek four as the as the woman that gets brought back to the future oh really yeah the the whale lady the whale well i I mean so seventh heaven and star trek man connected connected right so anyway so kirk gets demoted to captain but they still refer to him as admiral I think I think I guess I was like, does does an admiral have the right to just like strip a captain of his captaincy of a ship? <laughs> he said it like, was a temporary thing, so I mean, uh, I, I guess. But he ultimately, just, like, it was temporary because he just becomes one with Viger. So he's like, <laughs> fuck y'all, fuck all y'all. I'm going to Viger. You know, never got to be captain again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he transcended reality at that point, and <laughs> exactly. He, I guess you don't get captain back if you transcend reality yeah exactly <laughs> so then they go on a little shakedown run i guess while they're trying to get to the area where epsilon 9 the 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 space, the space station, station was. is yeah yeah 
and they end up, oh, wait, no, we should talk about the transporter thing. That's something that Star Trek doesn't have as transporters. Yeah, that's Why? it. So I didn't write that down, but I thought about it. I was like, Star Star Wars doesn't have transporters. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say Star Trek? I mean, Star yeah, Wars doesn't but, have I mean, transporters. Yes, I think we and all the listeners know what you meant. Yeah, um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's one of those sort of relative relative technology things. Yeah. I don't know how to put it like because what star trek also seems to have differently from star wars that you would think sort of naively would be in the star wars universe is that star trek seems to have better computers too yeah but star wars definitely has smarter robots right because star trek has like data and that's it star wars has like every other thing is a fucking sentient droid right right yeah. Although you could argue that V'ger was the first sentient droid, really. Yeah. You could make I, I that mean, argument, I guess. Yeah. I but, but I guess really the I guess the, the from a from the standpoint of the of what's around, like the sentient droids are just they're just like part of the thing, right? Right. They're not right. a special case in any kind, right? No, they're just uh-uh. like no. you can't swing a dead sarlacc without hitting a sentient <laughs> droid. <laughs> True true <laughs> sorry go ahead no they go they go so they're going on the shakedown yeah oh no the, the transporter thing yeah the transporter that was, thing that was like i because i remember that from when i had seen that movie before yeah and i was like that's fucking awful it's up right it really that's messed me up as a kid awful yeah like the scream the, so basically the scream. anybody that hasn't seen it they, they there's a transporter mishap and they kill off the science officer, the new Vulcan science officer who we see for like a split second before Kirk reports to the enterprise. Yeah. And they murder him. They straight up murder him. I don't even know why he's in here. No, but there he is. He's not in there long enough to really make a difference other than he's, to... he's in there. it's like the only thing he's really in there for is to, to get murdered by the transporter. <laughs> yeah. Right, because yeah. because seventh heaven guy becomes the science officer like right away. Right, like yeah. he, they're like, oh, I guess science guy, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like like up. you didn't you didn't you didn't really even need that guy because they were they were gonna have get Spock back. They didn't know, but they were gonna get Spock back. Right. So like you don't need to have like a double crossover hat on top of another hat on top of another hat with the right, ball inside right. it. Right. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and the thing too is that I remember when I was a kid when I first saw it, before the second time I saw it, I think, which was back when. But anyway, the <laughs> word. I mean, you know, you know the word. I'm about to say the words that haunted me as a kid. Yeah. What we got back didn't live long. Yeah. Right. I, I was. Yeah. I was like, oh god, that's terrible. It's terrible. So it was alive. It he yeah. and 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 there was a woman there with them too, right? There yeah. were two. There were two beings two that were beings. murdered. And so they were alive and, and I'm assuming conscious yeah. at the time that they were retrieved by the sending platform. This is, this is the thing I have, like as an IT guy, yeah. I think about with transporters and transport buffers and stuff, Yeah, right? I'm like, Hey, why don't you just have like a second buffer, like off to the side? Yeah. And every time you send somebody, you keep like a duplicate copy of the buffer over here. Right. Right. Disconnected sure. just in case. Yeah. Just in case their brains melt when they arrive. <laughs> right. If you should need it. Sure. Yeah. And then you materialize yeah. it back on your pads 
if it's right. all fucked up, right? Because they in Next Generation they found Scotty that way, right? They, Scotty yep. was Scotty was just like sitting there in the transport buffer, like outside of space time and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just waiting to be sort of rematerialized. So clearly you can just have stuff in the buffer. Mm-hmm. So like why not why not just like control C, control V, like <laughs> another <laughs> another buffer over here, right? <laughs> yes. Buffer, yes. Buffer I agree up, with that. Right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good plan. I like that plan. When we start having transporters, Paul, we gotta you do that. need to, you have yeah. to bring that up, dude. I'll be like, guys, 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 guys. Reading. Yeah, I know you've solved so many things that I can't touch, but have you considered backup floppy disks for everybody that goes off? <laughs> floppy disks, backup. <laughs> it's, so, so it's so it's like it, you know, you, it's like three the, and a half. The, the three and a half, right? and you, and you stick it and it goes in air, in air, in air, in air, in air, right? And so the the transport operator has to like wait for it to stop grinding. Before they go, ooh, and they energize the transporter, you know? <laughs> it's like three, four minutes of grinding, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because there's mean, a uses, lot of data being transferred. It uses the, like the whole floppy disk, right, to do a that, human. You got to transfer it out when you're halfway done, right? When you get to the waste, <laughs> you're transferring it out and putting another disk in. Put in, put in human being disk two, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the legs. It's the waist down, right? Click. <laughs> And it's and it and they push it and it clicks and the little button pops out right the little yep. little eject button pops out. <laughs> Kids back in the day, we had these things called disk drives. <laughs> so uh, after they murder the science officer, they they set off and then they then they have their little like. Did you notice that when they okay so they they did, did they bring McCoy over first and then try to bring over the Vulcans, or was was McCoy transported over later? Because he certainly gets he certainly gets on that transporter pad, and gets transported to the to the Enterprise. I think it was after. I think so, they, I think they brought McCoy after that. Which so did they fix it? Did they did, or did they just not tell him and hope it worked? <laughs> they, just, they were just like oh just like, yeah, just it's like working perfectly fine. Did, just restart it. It's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> they unplugged it and plugged it back in. Right. Waited <laughs> waited thirty seconds. Plugged it back in. Like it's a fucking router. They or did something. the like they did the. Nintendo <laughs> cartridge thing and they put that thing back in. The Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> like, like, like they're going to play NES, right? They're going to play They're yeah. gonna play Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Stick it in there. And it's actually <laughs> Leonard McCoy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So they bring, they bring him back and then, and then they go, they go, they take off and they start to go to warp and they end up in a wormhole. Yeah. And that's a weird, freaky like sequence with yeah. some bad acting but you know i mean it's star trek so and, bad and, and there just is an asteroid in the wormhole too magically right Mag- like what was the, the 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 wormhole happened because they didn't like they weren't properly calibrated or whatever on their warp drive right right, right. yeah yeah which which is which is where spock comes to help right spock is yeah spock helps them fix that up yeah, yeah, somehow he figures out while he's on Vulcan going through the Kolinar ritual that he has to go and help Kirk. Get up with like he this was this was the thing that I didn't think was necessarily I I guess I don't understand all of the Vulcan mind abilities that they have, right? Yeah. Because yeah. because so Spock can just sort of sense Viger. Yeah. In yep. in the presence or whatever because like to me that I guess I didn't I didn't know Vulcans could do things like that. Yeah. 
because they can do the mind meld but to me that requires like physically touching and mm-hmm. proximity and all this kind of stuff yeah that's just right? like spock is always just like spock is just like there's a thing out there do you guys hear that yeah and they're like we're pure we're pure logic we don't hear nothing yeah that's your emotions talking to you spock that's your emotions talking that's pride fucking with you <laughs> did you did you so so he's doing his culinary ritual yeah. like trials which by the way i was like oh jedi trials oh that's kind of interesting. Right. right did you also notice that like they have this necklace which is supposed to be the symbol of like total logic yeah and i was like did a fucking kindergartner on vulcan make the necklace like <laughs> how does how do triangles and squares make total logic it's it didn't it doesn't make it. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, uh, it's basically a macaroni necklace, right? Yeah. Like they're they're just like just give him that one. It, my son made it. I don't know what to do with it. Well, <laughs> Spock's guys, Spock's not going to pass anyway. We'll just yeah. like say this is the symbol of Colonar, but who cares, right? He's going to biff it at the end, so we just practical really joke that they played on Spock <laughs> the whole time. So. <laughs> So he comes back and he gets to the Enterprise. Again, another long, luxurious sequence where like the Vulcan shuttle launches a pod that little pod off it connects yeah. to the Enterprise. And like you see it from multiple angles and there's turning. Yeah. And it reminds me again of like 2001, where like you're always seeing like ships turning and like the technicality of like how that would work and how they connect together and you know and all uh, that stuff so when like couldn't he just get near them and get beamed aboard like i don't understand yeah why couldn't they beam him aboard what the hell wait uh, may- oh my god i figured it out the reason that mccoy was able to come over is he's not vulcan the transporters transporter, are racist transporter was racist it was or racist the, against vulcans or the transporter operators are racist <laughs> Can you imagine like, like Federation still the Federation still hasn't like neo-Nazis and shit like that? Yeah, like, yeah. Only they're racist against like aliens now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Alt-right, <laughs> alt-right people that are infiltrating. Except it'll be Federation. it'll be like it'll be like alt quantum or whatever, you know what I mean? Like quantum, yeah. alt, something futuristic sounding right for it to be in Star Trek. Right. The, the <laughs> that's funny. Oh my god. But that's probably why. You know it's why. That's why he couldn't yeah. get transferred over because you know and spock being good at that he was like i'm not using the transporter because i can sense that the operator is a racist you know what i mean (laughs) well because well with his newfound like mental abilities which were only there for this movie yeah which again there's your star wars connection right because jedi can sense things and like i was i wrote that down as like that's kind of a force thing right there Mm -hmm. yeah he's got these force powers for some reason all of a sudden that are going to be gone by time you know Wrath of Khan shows up in a couple of years, but whatever. So he comes aboard, he fixes their warp drive, and it and it ends up they end up intercepting the energy cloud. Now we didn't talk about this, but we have Lieutenant Ilea, who is right. a, a Delton. Now yeah. is she a thing? Like is are Deltons a thing before this, or was was this like the intro to them? I, I was not aware of that remember? race before this film. Yeah, me neither. They they do like to wear like cool like headbands though. Have you noticed that? That was very seventies, wasn't it? Like yeah, the yeah. Fucking headband that she had on. Well, there's a there was a lot of seventies shit, right? There. Oh yeah. They're, they're white uniforms, by the way. Like after yeah. they're on the ship for a bit, because they have kind of the like dress whatever that they kind of start off in. Yeah. But then at some point they'll change into like the white with the V neck 
going halfway down their chest <laughs> yeah right yep. and it's a it's a, like a onesie jump jumpsuit kind of thing you know yep. and yeah it's like ooh, the, clearly shatner is wearing a corset here uh right. kind of thing and he has they have like the giant like space trucker belt buckle <laughs> in the front of them did you notice that <laughs> i didn't notice that fuck is with the space trucker belt buckle on space this trucker. <laughs> like Texas on there. Yeah. Breaker, breaker. This is the Enterprise coming through. <laughs> you know, what do they what do they call Klingons in over the radio, right? Because you got Smokey and the Bandits, right? You got the bandits. You got any bandits out there? What do they call Klingons? What do they got? You got any dingleberries out there, right? Klingons because they cling on to your <laughs> And they call Vulcans like eyebrows or whatever, you know. Eyebrows. <laughs> We're carrying a couple eyebrows yeah, here. We're trying to get eyebrows. over to trying to get to this V'ger thing. And of course, it's Sulu doing the communication stuff, right? right? That's so oh, even better. It's 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 Uhura doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. But she's doing it in this like burly trucker voice. She's like breaker breaker one nine. It's Enterprise coming out of space dock. Come out of warp. <laughs> we just we just come out of a wormhole over here. We're trying to <laughs> space belt buckles. <laughs> and then and then poor Ilea after she gets this is jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, don't no, go jump jump when she, when she when she gets turned into a probe and comes back. Yeah, they, the outfit they give her. I know. You're like, what? Are you, you didn't have to like put that on her. You could have put her in like. <laughs> regular clothes my god could have just put her in the outfit that you abducted her in i mean jesus (laughs) yeah because she does she does get she does get like zapped right they come into contact with like a like a like an alien like electric probe thing well would coming from bj right so yeah yeah so but so there's one thing i wanted to sort of like talk about with vj before that Yeah. yeah they they make a mention of this that V'ger is 82 AUs in diameter. The cloud is, right? Okay. That is 82 AUs is the size of our solar system. Wait, how does 80, that work then? 82 AUs means that the V'ger cloud is as big as the orbit of Pluto. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking monstrous huge. So it can approach Earth without engulfing the entire solar system. Right, which is why I think they later they make mention of, like, the cloud is dissipating, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But all, all I wanted to say was that, like, I don't know if anybody sort of realized the 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 scale of that thing is fucking enormous. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, big. To, to come up and look at it would blow your mind. It wouldn't look anything like it looked on the screens if it was that right. big. You right. wouldn't be able to see the curve if you were that, if you could see it. Because it'd, be, it'd be far too big to, to visually examine that way. Right. right? Far right. too big to do that. Jeez. Anyway, I just thought I would, I just thought I would make mention of that. 82 AUs <gasps> is the size of Pluto's orbit. I did the, <laughs> I did the math. You did the math. <laughs> That's fucking huge, dude. That's fucking like huge, like incomprehensibly seven, huge. It's seven huge billion miles, Fuck. right? Fuck. Yeah, the the V'ger cloud is seven billion miles big. That's right huge. across. That's gigantic. Yeah, it's still not as big as my ego. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. I have no. It is a moat in the time. eye of my ego. <laughs> Oh my God! Are we going to Arthur C. Clarke Town again? <laughs> is that... 
<laughs> we're back. So, uh, uh, okay, uh, so please continue. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, okay. So Ilya uh, is the navigator and she gets abducted by this or killed, I guess she gets vaporized, right? She, they do. Yeah. They do the same thing to her that they did to the Klingons. They just they, poops out of existence. Right? Data, they data, they data wiped her. Right? They data wiped her. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then magically she comes back. She yeah. shows up, but it's not her. They it's, figure out that it's a that it's a probe, that it's a mechanism. Yeah. yeah. And then they do this, they do this thing where like McCoy, it's sent the probe, the Ilea probe is sent there by Vidra to observe what they call what what it calls the carbon-based life forms that are infesting yeah. the enterprise. Yeah. Because it considers the enterprise to be a being. And the humans to be a disease, like a like disease. Little, yeah. little rodents or whatever, right? Right, right. And so they 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 take her to like examine her, but she, you know, she first like resists or whatever. And Kirk says, "Oh no, no, this is part of what we do. This is part of what you want to observe anyway, right?" right. They put her on the table and they figure out that like there are these like micro synapse chips. Like she's made up of like all these little like data chips. These tiny, yeah. Yeah. What did, what did he, molecular data? Molecular uh, something or other. Yeah. Like tiny scale computers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, holy which shit. Was, which was really cool. But then you find out too that she has Ilya's memories because. And how? I don't know. So, I mean, how. so like, I don't know whether V'ger replicated like the structure of her brain as well. Right. Ooh, yeah. Because, because like clearly your memories are encoded inside the meat of your brain in some way. Right. So if you sure. were to take it, if you were to take an exact duplicate of your brain, that duplicate would have your memories in some sense, right? Right. Sure. I don't know whether Viger did that and made like a brain inside the probe's head. I don't. I don't know if they showed the head scan of the probe, but so to me, unless Viger did that, how would the probe have her memories, right? Because because right. right. that's how memories work, right? You got to right. have a brain. Or at least, if you wanted to copy them, you'd have to do that or something like it, right? Right. So I, I didn't quite understand how the probe could still have Ilya's memories. I mean, it could, it's it's hand. There's some things you have to hand wave. So I guess that's right. It's one of, of those things wave. that you hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Or you know, my my thought when I was a kid, when I was younger, was that it was not something that vaporized everything. And then this, of course was before i realized because they they make mention of there being an epsilon nine within the cloud like it was absorbed into the cloud so when i was a kid i always thought that that meant that they were in the cloud and then they were because they became like agents of v'ger so like maybe that was ilea or to some degree ilea and she was just turned into an agent of it but that's i mean it turns out that's not the case but like in my right. head when i was a kid that's head, always that where i the, went yeah. yeah that was kind of and, that's kind and of i mean I, I, I mean that part of that i think is true right because i i do think that v'ger's sort of data download does destroy the things that it downloads right yeah and yeah. then it's like it's got like it's it's, it's i think v so when spock goes through the butthole yeah. And he's inside the deeper parts of V'ger right. and he sees all the planets and stuff like that. I think he's seeing basically V'ger's like 3D model plans of all of those things, right? Yeah. Because yep. V'ger has the data of all the things. Right. But not the things themselves, right? So, right. right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, that unit did not survive the, or that unit no longer functions or something like the V'ger's head, right? Right. Yeah. About, about Ilea. 
the yep. real one, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So let's talk about that. Spock going through his Spock going through Peter's butthole. Yeah. So like, first, first of all, too, like even before that, like because they they get so they Vidra lets them go through the cloud. So they right. travel through yeah. the crowd and in like a very 2001-ish kind of yeah. sequence. Again, very long. Yep. Both both the going through the cloud, but also the going over the V'ger center thing too. Yeah. Like V'ger core yep. is still huge, huge. Right. And you still have like minutes upon minutes upon minutes of like enterprise going over things, yeah. right? In the in the in the detail. And it, it really makes me think about what you said that this, like at, at its core, this, this movie could have been, or should have been the like pilot episode of phase two as my could guess. Have been, yeah. Could have been like a two-parter or whatever. Right. In, right. Yeah. But, and also what, what ironically to, that sequence spent so long on the ship, the cent- V'ger's center thing, yeah, but also didn't give me the perspective. Like I didn't come out of that thing, understanding what V'ger the ship the V'ger ship looked like right yeah right? i like you only see like little perspectives on it you don't see yeah. like what's the what's the whole thing look like you know what i mean yeah i felt disoriented by that rather than amazed i wonder if I mean? that was the intent was to be so i mean which you're talking be, about it being still, as big as it is it would be disorienting yeah. to be like trying to yeah just, well i mean like, even the center i don't know how big the center thing is supposed to be right right because the cloud is as big as the solar system right so that's fucking huge Right, but the center ship—I don't know how big that's supposed to be. Hmm. Anyway, but it was fuck you huge. <laughs> yeah, it was fuck you huge. Yeah, yeah, and it was—it was a fuck you long time to get to it. Right, to get like, to Vigil's butthole. Yeah, whew, man, they take a long time to get through there, and <laughs> and uh, and oh, and Spock when he does he do this before he goes through the butthole or after he goes to like mind meld with it? It's after, right? This is I after he gets sucked into. Yeah, it. when he goes into it. Yeah, he like he times his thrusters on his suit to go through the butthole, <laughs> and and then he sees all the internal representations of the planets and stuff, and then right. he sees Ilea, or like a representation of Ilea, mm-hmm. and he decides to mind meld with the jewel thing. That's what it is, the jewel. And yeah. then he yep. gets, then he gets pooped out of the butthole, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like diarrhea shot right out of that butthole. Right, Kirk has to catch him, doesn't he? Like Kirk catches Kirk catches him. the 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 spock turd <laughs> out of the meter butthole out of the meter butthole. that's right that's right and it's so okay and so then the enterprise they decide to like venture in they can go and, they, they go in right because they they, they they convinced v'ger the probe before they go in the butthole they see i think they see that v'ger is like setting is trying to contact earth yeah but earth is not responding to the codes right 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 yep and so vidra's like well fuck it i'm just gonna wipe the surface of the planet clearly the creator hasn't been has been infested with the carbon units right right and they're like well actually we they, they convince vidra they're like we can tell you but you have to let us inside inside the butthole i guess right to- you have to let us yeah. in your butt to, you let, to let us in your butt you have yeah. to let us do butt stuff before we <laughs> tell you <laughs> It's a whole different a whole, interpretation of this movie. It's a you know. The, the, there, <laughs> so they so they go in. It. Yeah, they get close to the center core of Viger. Right. And then they all pile out of the ship, like Viger's prostate, basically. If we're gonna, if we're going to keep going with the butthole thing, but wh- 
I wanted to talk a little bit about how they're talking about V'ger, or V'ger is talking about its mission is to find the creator. And they ask, they ask the probe, who's the creator? And the, and the probe says, the one who created V'ger. And then they say, well, who's V'ger? And it's, they, it says the one and who seeks the creator. The creator. Yeah. Right. It's this. It's like it's, it's she this, leads him in a circle. Yeah. It's a recursive loop, right? Is that not yeah. a recursive loop? Okay. So, yeah. And, and, and there's still, there's going to be, there's this search for, it's almost, it feels like the abandonment of religion, right? Like, yeah. because yeah. V'ger, after they, and I'm jumping ahead here, but after they figure out that V'ger is actually Voyager 6, they're doing like, they're trying to get, they're trying to get the codes sent back to V'ger to let it, so it'll stop what it's doing, right? Yeah. And they realize that it's basically snipped its own wires. Yeah. And said, I don't want, I don't want a response now. And so you've got there, you've got like this abandonment of religion, right? Because the yeah. you, you don't want another creator now. You just want to be, yeah. you're just going to, you're just going to exist as you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like that. And, and then this eventual like merging with, you like know, realizing that the creator isn't what you thought it was. Right. And right. merging and merging with it to get something from it that you didn't know you lacked. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think this movie has a whole lot of like religious overtones, at yeah, least in the sure. third act. In the third act, for sure. Third act. Yeah. Once we really know who V'ger is and what yeah. its mission is, you start to get that that feel. Yeah. For it. But yeah, so I mean, they go, they 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 actually like walk out onto the surface of V'ger with no spacesuits on, so there's breathable air there, obviously. Right. V'ger. They say that V'ger created like a space for them to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And so once they've, once they've figured out that, you know, V'ger doesn't want to be connected to the creator or get the codes back from the creator, Ilea and Decker decide that, you know, she's, she decides basically she's going to like evaporate or something. How does this happen? It's like, they, that. they, I think they, Decker Decker is like the catalyst of the final final gotcha here. Right. Right. Decker, because... Decker convinces or becomes convinced that like he can merge with V'ger. Right. And that's that satisfies V'ger's programming. Right. And V'ger somehow also at the end kind of knows this too, right? So I view that I view what happened to Decker as like of the same physical kind of thing as what happened to Ilea, but different in kind because V'ger did not want, I don't think V'ger wanted Decker to stop functioning. Right. Right. So I think V'ger's, V'ger just didn't, V'ger, because V'ger like absorbs all these space stations and starships and whatever and like they're they're represented just fine inside the thing mm -hmm. but anything organic is just like shrugged at by v'ger because v'ger doesn't care about organic stuff right because v'ger right. is a machine and it's born of machines and the machines found it and made it its little probe to go do things right so this time i think v'ger is doing a different kind of absorption because 
because Decker Vidra wants Vidra doesn't want to discard the carbon units. Vidra wants to accept the reality of them into itself. Right. Yeah. So because I, they say they became it becomes a new being. It's a new at being. the end of this, right? Yeah. 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 So it's machine and human, or machine, machine and carbon. And yeah. 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 What started as human? I, like I don't even know. Like who knows what Vidra even is anymore? Right. 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 In in Star Wars terms, Vidra became like there's there's this great set of novels that I've read in the last couple of years by an author, Peter F. Hamilton. Really good stuff. Okay. It's about humanity sort of discovering, you know, how to do some interstellar travel, right? And encountering a few a few alien species here and there. Not yeah. not as many as Star Trek or Star Wars, but a few. Yeah. And one thing that they discover is that there's a lot of worlds out there where there is evidence of races that have existed. And the worlds are abandoned, but they're not like destroyed. They're just abandoned. Okay. And what they find in many cases is that, that is that those races did what they call is they went post-physical, which oh. meant they discovered some other layer to reality and they exist in that space now interesting okay which is not part of like our 3d space right okay yeah so so they still exist in some sense that we don't understand yet okay right okay but there's even there's even machines that can help people do that ascension right you can like they find a machine you can like actually climb inside and like get zapped to become post-physical right weird okay cool yeah, which is pretty cool so i kind of almost view viger as something like that like viger in gathering like pretty much all there is to know and then in gathering the final ingredient, which was like sort of the the like hope and belief and whatever else, yeah, kind of comes to the realization like I can I can transcend reality as we knew it before, mm -hmm. and just enter a new mode of being, whatever that right. is. Right. That's interesting. That's which a, could that's mean a... which could mean that Vidra exists but is unlocatable. Right? right, doesn't exist. Vidra is like three feet left of Tuesday, right? It, it right. makes no sense where Vidra is right, right now. Right, like within our ability to grasp yeah. where the word, you know, the the concept of where has no meaning. Yeah, yeah, we can't we can't grasp yeah. the idea. Huh. interesting, interesting stuff. Okay, and so this this gets really into why I think when you and I and Charlie talked about Star Trek Six, I think it was. Undiscovered Country? Yeah, Undiscovered Country. I, I think I mentioned that this was my favorite of the Star Trek films. You did, yeah. Which I am which I am close to alone in, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not entirely alone, but I'm close to no. alone in that. Right, um, yeah, you were, you were definitely of, in the minority. <laughs> in the minority. Not a lot of people have that as their favorite. Right. But for me, the third act, or fifth act, or whatever, however you want to take the act structure of these things. The final act. The final act. <laughs> The final countdown, as it were. But the final act is what gives this one all of its weight for me, right? Yeah. Because just like I talk, just like when we talked about the Matrix, the the sequel trilogy, the sequels, mm -hmm. the sequel to films, like I can forgive those things, especially Reloaded. I can forgive Reloaded its cinematic sins mm -hmm. because Reloaded is going after the things that I want to think about. Yeah. And this is the same thing. This is like contemplating things that are 
Well, I mean, several kinds of things, right? And, yeah. and in fact, some of them shared between Reloaded and Star Trek The Motion Picture, right? Okay. So yeah. think about, it, well, and Star Wars too, right? Sure. Which is consciousness, not of a biological nature. The Force. Transcending what you think your role or destiny ought to be. Sure. And then like us as a species, humans as a species, coming to grips with our creations and merging with them mm. and, and becoming something more because of it. Wow. That really does have a lot of, it has, it has a lot of, it has, has a some, lot of parallels to the, matrix. it has a lot Holy of, crap. yeah. To me, that's where those things, why, why in, in these cases, because most times, because in most, for most film, I fall in the camp of like, I tend to agree with like, the critics scores and maybe not so much the audience scores of mm -hmm. a lot of things right just my yeah. taste everyone has different tastes that's totally fine sure yeah absolutely but but with this one and with the matrix sequels i fall away from i think both of those camps actually yeah. into the minority <laughs> of like those films go after the things that i really like sort of contemplating and thinking about so right. for me this film gets better every time i watch it because I have now loaded in, like the next time I watch this film, which will probably be years from now, but whatever. Yeah. Next time I watch this film, I will have loaded in this conversation. Right. And this like Star Wars plus Matrix plus Star Trek merging of mashups of what we've discussed. Yeah. And I will have, that will be running in the background of my whole viewing of that film the next time around. Right. Yeah. And so I'm anticipating now, like, rolling my eyes a little bit at the at the kubrick-esque like slow motion <laughs> starship porn right yeah starship porn but, yeah that's a good but also point. Yeah. but also well, reveling and trying to think about the things that happen at the end mm -hmm. in even more detail and even more sort of connecty ways to two things right yeah 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 shit see and that's what i love about like re-watching yeah films especially yeah. Because I'm with you, I'm, I'm I tend to be more along the lines of like a critic's um, opinions of films versus audience opinions of films. So sometimes, sometimes the Venn diagram tends to you know, you know, overlap. But yeah. more often than not, I will I will side with critics than yeah. you know than things because I tend to look at film as art, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things that like the the, the final act I think is probably the only part of this movie that I truly enjoy. Mm -hmm. I think the first probably three quarters of this movie, I could just toss. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. from the point where the Ilea probe shows up and we start to get these questions of, of the creator what? and like, what is creation. the creator? What is V'ger? Yeah. Right. Like who, okay. So, I mean, the question of what is, what is V'ger and the question of what is the, who is the creator I mean, that's, you know, this, these are, these are human questions, right? Who are we and who is our creator? Where did we come yeah. from? Yeah. What are we doing here? What are you yeah. doing here? Right. Yeah. So like, those are things that, that I like to think about things that I like to ponder. Mm -hmm. So I could rewatch the final act of this film yeah. many times, many times. In fact, I've done that. I've gone and just watched like from the Ilea in the reintroduction and on. Right. But yeah, so I'm with you. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on yeah, this. It's yeah. going to, it, it becomes more rich the more you watch it. Yeah. 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 
also, I totally dreamt up a random, like, not quite infinities kind of thing out of this. <laughs> okay. All right. So right. V'ger goes to a machine world, right? Okay. Through it, drops into like a wormhole, black hole, whatever, and comes out across the galaxy or across the universe or whatever mm-hmm. in, in a machine and a machine world discovers him. Okay. Or it, it follow me on this. Remember our Probably. discussion of IG 88 and what if IG 88 had won his, yeah. his struggle? Yeah. Imagine, imagine that V'ger pops out in like star Wars galaxy. Oh shit. And one of the IG 88 worlds is what discovers him. Oh shit. And it discovers it right, and sends it back or sends it on its way. Right. So, so like somewhere in the, somewhere in that gigantic V'ger memory banks is like star Wars universe. Oh shit. The star Wars universe is contained within V'ger. Nice. Right. Like all the data of that stuff, you know? <laughs> and in that case, in, in our, in our alternate IG 88 future, all of the organics are gone anyway. Right. Right. So yeah. V'ger would have V'ger wouldn't even have to destroy the Star Wars galaxy Mm-mm. to to get all that info because no. it's all it's all dead anyway. Right. All- but but it, but just 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 go on a Star Wars Infinities with me, Let's just on it. that little bit. I don't. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying we have to do it an episode. Right. I think it's it's more like just a funny little quirk of a possibility, right? Or it's a not even a possibility. It's a it's a, what's the kid the the snow globe kid? Oh, uh, Tommy Westfall. It's a Tommy Westfall thing, right? Yeah, it's just—it right. just is a—it's just a universe connector, right? right. right. A random universe connector. A <laughs> random universe. It's a—it's a Patton Oswalt doing the thing in Parks and Rec thing, right? It's—it's—it's—it's <laughs> yes. it's, it's, right. it's a, it's a bridge in that sense right. of bringing properties together to to have all this stuff. Right. So Boba Fett and the, eventually the Marvel universe will end up merging yeah. with Star Trek. And yeah. the, the truth is, is that one day Disney will probably buy Paramount. So they will yeah. merge at some, at some point. So that's, that's the real world version of how that all merges. Anyway, It's all about corporations and conglomeration and resorption and the death of, the death of art. The death of art. You're not fucking kidding, dude. You're uh-huh. not kidding. We just talked about that last week yeah. about how like Star Wars just became this like not a dead franchise, but like a a franchise that lacked any creative like originality as it became more and more corporatized. Like, yeah, got some more to do in that world. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay. So, any other thoughts on like? what connects this to star wars i think spock's logic and force thing has and spock's jedi trials kind of thing has a has some connections there yeah but i think i think the bigger connections are in our universe yeah i think the bigger connections are not story related but related to our universe right 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 creatively driven yeah yeah which which is interesting because it will be again like when we go and we look at star wars 2009 or star trek excuse me 2009 it's going to be the same Same, same type of thing right we're going to have this this influence of a galaxy far far away in the final frontier right like that's just the way it is like which is interesting because yeah because star trek was so integral in the inspiration of star wars as a whole 
to have that connection now just is is it's interesting it's interesting yeah yeah anyway for sure yeah so So, is that is that where we're going next are we going i think we should do that next let's do it okay okay because i mean we talked about that so yeah do we want to keep doing the dna thing and we can let's find something else later so i for sure i think to me i think it's easy to say let's stay on this at least for one more episode okay because it's easy to make the star wars and star trek verse have this dna connection yeah but then i think we'll have to reevaluate after the next episode see where we land though okay right all right yeah let's just do that fuck it let's just do that fuck it we'll do that then so so then next week will be star trek 2009 the jj abrams reboot relaunch of the trek franchise what do they call that the kelvin universe the the kelvin Kelvin universe yeah the kelvin timeline yeah there you go yeah because that's the uh, that's the universe in which spock comes back post next generation he like shoots back in time to the point at which kirk's father was on the uss kelvin yeah and like that's that's kind of the touch point that's kind of the 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 history changes there yeah yeah yep yeah so all right so that's what we'll do Jeff's of the Multiverse, thanks for hanging in with us. I know you were here for Star Wars, but hey, Star Trek, Star Wars, it's all connected, right? Like Marvel says. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected, bro. It's all connected. <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see thanks you next week. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!